All right. What's up, guys? That was worse than last week's. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Sounded better, I first thought. But it brings for two on intros. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll hit the triple crown next week. Well, guys, it's been a good weekend so far. Not for our professional sports teams, I don't think. But otherwise, pretty good week. I'd say. Good. All right. Well, hence the national anthem. I'd like to kick things off with protesting the anthem. And I'd like to talk about that as well as the role politics plays in sports, but just the overall theme to it all. So who wants to kick it off? <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a tough one just to take on. Yeah. Um, Stu, you got it. Okay. Um,. That's a tough one. It's it's really tough to get your opinion across without, without you know, you want to portray your opinion correctly, and you may not say it right in a short amount of time. Sure. All right. All right. So I think as us growing up in Northeast Alabama, I think you know, all the quote unquote old timers, you know, they we go to the high school football games and whatnot, and everyone stands up. You know, you take your head off. Yada yada. Um. So, man, it's just such an opinionated thing. Like, what's right, what's wrong? Um, I don't have a problem with it. It's a peaceful protest. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's any different than Reggie Ray down the street wearing a American flag shirt and going and chugging beer and spilling beer on it at Talladega. Um. I understand that people have very different opinions than that. Um, and growing up in the South, I, you know, obviously a lot of people are on the other side of the fence. And I understand that too. So I what do you see, think it I means? I see then? both sides of the argument. What so what do you wanting? think it means though? When the players protest to you, what do you think it means? What are they doing to them? I would... I would like to see more action, but I think what this has turned into is people, this has turned into more of an argument and people try to win the argument more than people are trying to be active and, and get down to what's really going on and, and fixing the issue, which I think is a problem for both sides. You know, both people yes. just try to win the argument instead of like, you know, it started as racial injustice and I think well, it's started the conversation. And I think the conversations went the wrong way. Harris? Uh, I, I agree with Zach for the most part. Um, I really don't give a shit if you stand or sit. Um, however, I think you have to be aware of what, of what you're doing, what it's doing for the NFL. Uh, for the NFL, what do you mean? It's costing the money. It's bad business for the NFL. I mean... And that will just continue to show over time. And it shows, I think, last week you had 180 players. You sit or kneel for the anthem. As of right now, you've had 11 players sit or kneel for the anthem. So, I mean, it's already changing. The owners will notice. I mean, it's just bad business. It's, 
it's going to affect the bottom dollar, and that's the issue. And, mm -hmm. you know, Zach, you say it's no different than Reggie Ray down the street. I get that. But Reggie Ray is not at work doing it. Political protests at work are an issue because you are contractually obligated to your employer. And if that you are costing your employer money, that's a problem. And your employer can do whatever the hell they want to do to solve that. You know, your First Amendment rights are valid, sure, but when it comes to your employment and your employer, that kind of goes out the window when you're contractually obligated to them. Um, so, damn, what you do, but you just need to be aware of what it's doing for your employer, and in this case, that's the NFL. And the NFL is already taking a stance on it. Hardly, you know, less than 10% of the people that, you know, did it, la did it last week or doing it this week, and it's going to continue right. to fade away. Uh, Trump is brash, he's an asshole, but he's right. Um, and he's doing it the wrong way, but the point he's making, he's correct. I mean, bad business, they should stand. And the thing, too, when Kaepernick started doing this last year, the point was, you know, he was protesting, you know, racial prejudices in this country. He was protesting the police's treatment towards black Americans. Whole another topic for a whole another day. But now transform from like the, the original core message to if you kneel, you support like it's all getting washed over it's all getting glazed over the message is falling off now it's just who's popular who's not but at the end of the day I don't give a damn what you do but just know that it's affecting the bottom line and at the end of the day the bottom line is all going to win right so you're, you're taking kind of the side of the defense of sports so to say and so I'd like to kind of touch up on what Zach said because I'm a results-driven guy. And so these protests that you're doing, okay, are you actually solving anything by taking a knee, by raising your arm? Are you actually becoming part of the solution? Are you adding on to the problem? By taking a knee, how many, you know, black men were not killed from a white cop because of them taking a knee? You know what I mean? We're becoming aware of it, but in a negative light. I don't see much positive influence in any of this is that kind of what you're talking about zach as yeah. far as like i think the um i think their agenda was to create the conversation and i think the conversation just got out of hand i think it i mean it worked in a sense i guess you know like people have been fired up on social media the last 14 days but i think it's yeah. kind of gotten out of hand now and i think we see the worst side of people on social media as well so i think that's a little i don't you should take it with a grain of salt with a lot of people too i think yeah so what's Here's your guys' reaction oh. on the – go ahead, Harris. No, so like kind of back to what I was saying. So last week, the entire Pittsburgh Steelers roster, on the exception of Villanueva, stayed in the locker room, coaching staff, everybody. This week, the entire Steelers roster and coaching staff stood on the sideline for the anthem. Like, right. you know, the bad business element is coming to the forefront. Yeah. And so – which I kind of forgot what I was about to say. Let me let me use my brain for a second. And oh, I go feel right the idea of it. I think it was just. I think it could have been executed a little better. I think it was just really rushed. You know, Trump had the where he called them sons of bitches, and I, it was during the middle of the week. And I think that was just like in the spur of the moment. You know, yeah. Kaepernick did it. Let's do it again. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got what I was going to say, and let's kind of wrap up our uh, conversation on the anthem, but. I would like to know just a quick hot take on how fans are reacting to this. You know, you see on YouTube and Facebook Live all these people burning their season tickets, their favorite, you know, 
players jerseys and such and going on these rants do they have validity in their statements are they idiots or are they kind of in the right like what you know what y'all's take on that i mean i think it's valid i mean i think you might say 20 percent of your nfl fans are, are for the protest they're for the the resistance of the anthem 20 percent are just hardcore against it, you know the, the sons of bitches against it you know and then mm-hmm. I think you have that other 60% that's just going to lean towards the idea of, you know, you should stand for the national anthem. So, I mean, I think DirecTV lost over a million dollars on Sunday ticket cancellations. Mm-hmm. I mean, money talks, and it's talking, and it's going to continue to do so. Sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Again, I think it's just like the social media thing. I think we see the worst sides of people and the worst sides of society on social media. And I mean, we're so extremism is always bad. People are going to think we're, you know, waving the fucking Confederate flag and screaming yee yee at NASCAR by the name of our podcast. But (laughs) yeah, by the way, we have a name now. We should tell everyone. Yeah, we're Southern Opinion. Check us out at Southern Opinion Podcast. (laughs) At South underscore opinion on Twitter. I believe that is correct. South underscore opinion. So it's Southern Opinion on SoundCloud, and you should see us on iTunes podcast app soon. We've submitted the first episode, so our feed should be up soon, whenever it gets accepted. Nice. And Harris, for all the followers, uh, could you feel, uh, please repeat your Twitter handle to everyone out there? Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Harris underscore McKinney. I meant I meant to say Zach because of the spectator part. Did I say Harris? Yeah, um, you can, my you bad, follow, Stewie. You can follow me on Twitter at spectator. <laughs> All right, Zach has the best Twitter handle. You know, it's just at Ryan Trammell. All right, switching gears, but not really. Uh, still the NFL. I'm here on ESPN.com, and we'll start off with Harris batting lead off. Uh, Cam Newton finally gets his swagger back as Panthers upset the Patriots. Yeah, he played the best game he's played in about two years since his MVP season. I think we've given up over 30 points in four straight weeks. Today it pretty much just came down to a terrible penalty on Spawn Gilmore. Third and long, we sat Cam. They caught her in legal hands of the face. Automatic first down, they rumbled down with Stewart and Cam and kicked the fucking game-winning field goal. Are you mad at Patricia? I'm not mad at Patricia. You know, he's a rocket scientist. Can't be mad at the guy. Uh, I just wish we would play. We're just playing like shit on defense. I mean, we're giving up big plays, stupid penalties. They'll ride the ship in the Super Bowl, but it's just going to be a long season. Yeah. Um, let's switch gears to the Titans. Zach, what's your update on the 57-burger Houston Texans put up on the Titans? Yeah, that was, that was a rough game. Um, which I think we kind of waved the white flag after um, that first drive after halftime. Um, no, they go up 21 to nothing quick, right at the, right, three, four minutes left in the first quarter. I think Mariota played really well after that. We responded well, got it to 24-14. to 14. Um, Mariota tweaked his hammy. You could tell by his. You could just tell by his uh, his body language on the sideline that he he was hurt or that he wasn't something was wrong. He wasn't talking to the yeah. offensive coordinator, quarterback coach like he usually does. 
Um, there's like two or three trainers checking up on him. But he comes back out and he throws a pick, and we're like, damn. But we get a pick right before halftime. It's 30-14. like, all right. And they come out right after halftime, score again, go up 37-14, and they don't let Mario to come back in. So I think that was just the game's too far out of reach. Sway the white flag. Let's not put Mariota in danger. We'll see. I think Mariota played really well. He threw that one pick after he was hurt. I don't know if that was just because his leg was hurting and he couldn't plant his foot. or Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of white flags, I threw mine in today to go uh, eat with my lovely fiance and her mother. So my NFL consumption um, was something left to be desired. <laughs> Although I didn't miss much. Browns got down 31-0 to zero pretty quickly. Kenny Britt, uh, I don't even see how he's on the NFL roster. I wouldn't even want him to be part of my flag football team um, here, you know, at the Northeast Alabama Community College uh, event. He's awful. Uh, it was down seven nothing. Kaiser throws a nice little, uh, I guess, an out route to him. It's right in the chest. I mean, in the chest. I was going to score and tied up at seven, but because of the way the Browns are, uh, right off the chest and into the hands of uh, the Bengals. And they go on a 31-0 to run, and we score seven points off Duke Johnson Jr., who got me some fancy points. I'm getting grilled anyway, but it'll make it not hurt as much. But, yeah, not much to talk about on the Browns' end. I would like to say, before we move off topic on the Titans, um, I, I don't know. I think Dick LeBeau could, could be on the hot seat. Um, I think – you know, the last two or three years, we've kind of just bounced it off to uh, Jason McCoy, or secondary, sorry. Or besides today and a few other games in the last few years, I think our front seven's played pretty well. We do, we do usually do pretty well stopping the run, but I think the last few years we've been like, oh, yeah, Jason McCourty's old. Jason McCourty's been banged up. So last year we had Bryce McCain and LaShawn Sims. No one even knows who they are. Those are starting corners. Um, and they're terrible. Then we go out this year. We get Logan Ryan, who's a solid corner for the, from the Patriots, and then we draft Dory Jackson. It's still the same thing. Our secondary's terrible. Uh, and I, Jason McCourty's played pretty well for the Browns this year. I know he was – he's one of the top few rated corners on PFF after last week's game. So, I know – you know, was Jason McCourty that bad? Or is, is it he old or is Dick LeBeau too old, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Sure. I love Dick LeBeau, and he's one of the greatest defense coordinators that's ever coached in the league. But that's some point you have to produce. Yeah. I would say the same for Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, but he's now one and nineteen. I think uh, there's not really much of a hot seat in Cleveland. You know, you can just continue to lose, and it's kind of the the, the bar in Cleveland. Uh, NCAA football. Uh, I got a quick take, and I'll hand it over to you guys i went to bed at halftime um 35 to 3 i believe i was saw about all i needed to see uh in regards to alabama crimson tide dominant in all phases of the game i hope deshaun hands all right um i was good to see the passing attack i felt like old miss's defense was that bad though uh, Jalen had quite a lot of wide open plays especially to the sideline where it was a very low risk throw but who knows? Maybe from uh, you know the OC, the ball. Is it the ball or the ball, Harris? Dabble. 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 Not dabble. 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 Brian Dabble. But I just so much more calm with him on the sideline. Like when I look at him, I don't. I don't think that like you know he's he's you know 
having an affair with like my wife or something when you look at Lane Kiffin, you know, like you look over there and it's just a guy with no hair on his head and he's just calling conservative plays and scoring touchdowns. And, I, and I'm glad to kind of have that sense of calmness back in Alabama. But overall, I guess we ended up winning 66-3, so pretty good. Yeah, I mean, my take on it, and I've tweeted this for probably three years when Lane Kiffin was our OC, it doesn't take genius to drive a Ferrari fast. And Dabal is just perfectly fine with running the ball down your throat. And I'm so happy with that. And it's what we do well, and we do it well. I think Auburn might be our toughest game on the schedule. We will not come within 21 points of losing a game until we play Auburn. We will skull fuck everybody until we play Auburn. It's <laughs> pretty graphic. Stewie, do you believe that's true? I don't know. I'm still... I don't know. Who did Mississippi State lose to? Because Mississippi State's 3-2 and two now. Who did they lose to before that? Do you know? Does anyone know that? So they beat LSU, surprised everybody, which LSU apparently is trash. It's trash. The SEC looks really by, bad this year. They destroyed by, by Georgia last week and got destroyed by Auburn this week. Um, I don't know. It's. I think the last few weeks, even I mean, we didn't look great on offense against Clemson, but I thought our defense played extremely well against Clemson week two. Um. I don't know. I don't know if Auburn's great, but we've I think we've played pretty well besides quarterback play against Clemson, um, which is obviously one of the better, t- you know, the best or second best team we're going to play this year. Sure. Getting on Johnson back helps you all a ton. Helps us um, a ton because Petway is an amazing running back in our system for the power game, but on really gives our offense explosiveness. Yeah, you know what's on Madison again, man. Yeah, I was going to say, carry. Kerryon Johnson, I watched him play with an eighth grader. Uh, played in the uh, uh, area tournament game. Or not area. Uh, what is it in basketball? It's not sub-regional. It's between area and sub-regional. Uh, cross-area game against Pisgah. Went, they went for like 25 points. But guess, this is a trivia question for you guys. Who played with Kerryon Johnson and Madison Academy, a basketball team, who now play, played for Tommy Izzo at Michigan State and still is playing for Tommy Izzo as a sophomore? Who was that guy? No idea. Yeah, I figured. Josh Langford, the kid comes in about like 10 minutes before tip-off wearing these big headphones. Like, who's this guy? I think he is. Right? Comes in. I looked on the chart. He's like an eighth grader because I think he's the same grade as Karen. And uh, I was like, who this guy thinks he is? Tip-off puts his elbow through the rim, scores like 30 points. I was like, I guess you can show up 10 minutes before tip-off and be all right. (laughs) But uh, very impressive. That that was probably the most impressive guy I've seen play. High school, he was predominant at, at that young of an age. Um, so this is something I want to talk about for sure, and this this can get pretty violent, can get political in some ways, but probably just borderline. Uh, I don't know. Pay for play. Um, the news broke out with Louisville Rick Pitino out as the coach of uh, the Cardinals, but a lot of other assistants had to it. I believe Auburn has one. Um, this is something we've talked about for a while, guys. Everyone's kind of mentioned it. You know, should college players be paid to play until they're pros? Well, they are. Yeah, um, they are. I mean, cheat. You got to do it right. Like, Chuck, I heard, I've read that Chuck Person had this, these Adidas reps 
and these players in his room, like not using burner phones, not using bagmen, not using cash, like you're just getting lazy, just cheating real lazy. I mean, if you're gonna text hookers and prostitutes on your cell phone, don't use your work phone, Hugh Freeze. Don't get lazy. And like that's what they're doing. I mean high profile colleges, Alabama included. Are you saying player, secondary phone for cocaine and hookers? I'm not saying he has a burner phone for cocaine and hookers, but I am saying he has a bag man that does a damn good job at paying some of these high profile players. But you'll never be able to you'll never be able to trace it. You know, it's it's cash in a locker, it's 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 cash in a mailbox, you know, it's you, you gotta be smart and Auburn got lazy and they got caught. And so did everybody else. I think yeah. I don't know. It's a tough subject in it. I think it'd be really tough to implement, but I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't mind it, but I think it would be really hard for this. I think it would create an uneven playing field for some of the smaller colleges. Oh, I mean, I, that would be where it would be difficult. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have fifteen athletic departments in this country that actually turn a profit. I mean, the the thought of actually doing it in a legal manner through the NCAA is impossible because yeah. at that point you're going to go, well, does this wide receiver on a football team carry more weight than this female who's on the swimming and diving team? You know, they're yeah. Division One athletes. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know if you're ever going to be able to get it in a legal manner where it's fair or even. Yeah. But because only certain programs make money for every school and then they pop up all the other programs. Sure. So here's my solution, I think. Solution, but a proposed solution. Okay. Maybe a tiered a tiered system if you're wanting to do the pay for play. Maybe have the top thirty schools who has a budget, you know, makes a profit, who can pay the players and put them in a in a playoff. I don't know. But I would also like to talk about this and I had saw a tweet earlier about this. If an agent a family member, whatever, tells, let's say, Leonard Fournette, you know, when he was at LSU, look, you're really worth this much money. Right now, if you're using the NFL draft or playing the NFL, you're worth this much money. But right now, you're making this much, which is nothing other than a scholarship. And if he flips burgers in the summer, you know, or the springtime. So, you know, I, I almost have to side with the players, but like we're talking about, how you make it fair across the board and to where everyone can compete to win the ultimate goal, which is a championship, you know. So, I don't know. I think it's easy just on the surface to say, and I would agree with it on the surface of just saying, look, these guys practice and go to school. You know, if they if they have no time to get a job, if they come from a, a really poor, broken family, you know, how do they make it? You know, like they can't. There's no way. Um, so, yeah, I would love to, but in practice, it's just impossible. Stewie, somebody comes to you, Alabama comes to you as a senior in high school, and they say, Zach Stewart, I will give you a Dodge Challenger if you come play offensive line in Alabama. What would you have said? Hell yeah. <laughs> Harris, would you even hesitate? I would have probably asked for a Camry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this advertisement is brought to you by Toyota. All right. Let's uh, next up MLB. Stewie, have any takes on that? Again, All the Braves doing. Yeah, again, Chipper Jones is, is playing lots out this year, and he's again he's, he's going to take us to the promised land. It's same thing every week, man. <laughs> Just keep on going, keep on chopping. In, in serious Braves news, Ozzy Albies is a pretty damn good player, 
and I think him and Dan Swanson up the middle will be pretty solid for the next decade. Yeah, they'll have plenty of opportunities with that pitching staff to field some <laughs> for real. <laughs> Ample opportunity to field some ground balls with that pitching staff. <laughs> I uh, just got a notification. The Indians won their 102nd game of the year. Zach, that means the Cleveland Indians are pretty good at baseball. 102 and 60 going into the playoffs. We're waiting to see who wins the Twins and Yankees. I actually a little bit afraid to play the Yankees, uh, and I do think the Twins can can pull off the upset in a one game, uh, you know, deciding game. But I don't know. I, I'm excited, Zach. I'd like for y'all to know that if the Cleveland Indians won the World Series, I mean, I've reached the pinnacle of my happiness in life other than seeing my firstborn <laughs> and uh, you guys get married, if that ever happens. And and then probably the, mo- the few months before I die, I'd see the light. Uh, if the Cleveland Indians win the World Series, we need to just make like a little thing here. Harris, Zach, give me something to do, but let's not go over because I want to talk about behind the scenes with anything dumb that I have. you'll hold me to if we win. But I really want the Indians to win the World Series. I think we can do it. Got the best pitching staff in baseball, the best pin in baseball. We're probably top three in hitting. Our defense is incredible. Um, you know, we're tested. Last year went to the, you know, the bot, you know, the inning trainings in game seven. And uh, I think we can do it. So that's my take. I'm excited. Indian Day Thursday night, that's where I'll be. So, yeah. Well, you know, I guess Red Sox clinched yesterday finally. It took a while. But we're losing right now. He picked Houston three in the top of the ninth. But I'm pretty sure we had Ryan Trammell starting on the mound today. And we went to everybody the day off. Yeah. And, uh, we also play Thursday, the fifth, Houston, which will be a very tough series. And if we beat Houston, then we'll play the Cleveland Indians, which will be an even tougher series. But I think we have a good chance. I wish I'd get hot. Are we going to go to Boston? Harris, you know, Red Sox play. I like to think maybe. <laughs> That's an expensive ticket, and I'm not driving it again. You didn't like riding with me? I think it would have been better posed that you didn't like riding with me. I drove probably 70% of it. Are you kidding? I drove almost the entire way home. But I had the game playing on the TV, I mean, on the phone, so I had to hold it in a perfect position where you could drive and watch the game. I was providing driver convenience for you. Shout out to Heath Martin on that one. Sales for less in Five Alabama for all your used cell phone needs and repairs. Give him a call. <laughs> no, I think I think the Red Sox have a very tough road ahead of them. Uh, but, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. Playoff NBA. Baseball. NBA. Zach, you have anything? Uh, no, not this week. <laughs> I mean, I think, well, we were two and a half weeks away. And uh, we play the Cavs week one, game one. Yeah. Pretty excited. You hear it here first. We're going to win that first game, by the way. I bet you $20. I bet you $20 we do. Deal. Like it's, it's on air. It's official. $20. $20. All right. PayPal account. Send it via PayPal. Win or lose. All right. I think we've got better since the trade. I can't believe when I look at the depth of the team now. I mean, our first and second strength complement each other pretty well. I think we can do uh, quite a lot with that roster. A lot of it has to do with health. You know, D Rose 
I mean, that we've heard all the knee jokes for years now about his health. So if I try to crack one right now, no one will laugh. Um, but I'd like to see him stay healthy. I really believe D Wade still has something else to give. But some important note uh, that, that I read yesterday is that Kevin Love is going to try to play the five. And so I read that. Yeah, and so that and I think that's a response to Golden State's lineup. You know, we need to play a little more quick. Um, so who does that? You know, it's LeBron. Are they going to try to put Wade and, and Jr. out at the same time? So you got LeBron, uh, Jr., Wade, Love, throwing Isaiah Thomas or Crowder. Crowder's going to be on the floor because he's going he's to have to probably guard Durant. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what we do with our lineup. But the the Cavs will beat the Celtics game one. I don't think I said I'm gonna play game one. No, I'm just talking about against Golden State. I wouldn't even. Uh, that was, I don't. I think that I'm just talking about that both. Well, you're not being us. Uh, y'all are having to give out AARP for every contract they'll sign. Yeah. And Ta-ding. I, I don't know. I just think it's. I think we have a shot. I think. Where's it at? I think it's in Cleveland. Let's yeah. look though. Yeah, we'll look. My internet speed's slow right now. I don't have the patience. So Tiger Woods says he may never play again. Uh, it is in Quicken's Lone Arena. Okay, well, we're definitely going to win now. Tiger Woods says he may never play again. He doesn't really know. I think he'll he'll end up playing again. Sad to see in golf. I love Tiger. Obviously, Harris does too. From his comments last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of the legends. I hope he gets better. Um, yeah. That was just my little salute for the golf. No one cares about golf but me. Um, so I got a theoretical here, and we're almost done. I don't know how many minutes. How many minutes in are we, Zach? How many minutes are we in? We are 34 minutes in exactly almost, give or take. Great. Probably about 30 minutes right now after I've cut everything out. And also, Great. I know they don't know yet, but we're working on getting better microphones, so the audio will be a little better next week or the next week, hopefully. Awesome. All right. So I'm – I have a little – we get to pick the topic, and you two are going to discuss it, but I have three options. One, Roger Goodell slash the targeting rule. Two, who would win between LeBron James and Floyd Mayweather in a cage? Or three, we'll just do some random history trivia. Number one. I think number two is a no-brainer. Number two is an absolute no-brainer. It's wrong by a mile. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Glad we're all – in agreement there. All right. Roger Goodell, uh, Zach, you've had some pretty stiff words for Roger Goodell and his family uh, in the past. Mostly Roger Goodell. So yeah. kind of where's your with him now? Uh, and I know I'm sure Harris will talk about Devontae Adams hit, but where are you with Roger Goodell? He's obviously not my favorite human being on planet Earth, but <laughs> I think on the Devontae Adams thing, that's a tough one, man. Like, I think there's two good opinions on both sides of that argument as well. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, when I played football in high school, you know, which wasn't that long ago, I mean, this wasn't a thing, you know, that that was just part of the game, you know. So how do we, you know, it's just going to take time for the game to, I guess, get the new generation in where that doesn't happen as much. But also, like, that hit, was it a cheap shot? I, could, he, could he have delivered the hit better? Yeah. Um, but I mean, you can blame the ref just as much as you blame that guy because, you know, like your coach from the time you start playing football, you don't stop for the whistle blows and that ref didn't blow that whistle. He didn't call that play dead. Devontae Adams was still fighting for yards. 
You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The NFL is not too in touch yet, so I mean, that's just it's going to happen until, like, I think that's just kind of part of the game. Like, I don't think you can ever really take that out all the way. Like, the helmet's a helmet hit. It's still going to happen, and there's still going to be really nasty collisions sometimes. And that's just part of the game. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was one of the most vicious hits I've ever seen. Yes. I'm pretty sure he broke his helmet. Like... The way his helmet was, moved was disgusting. Yeah. Like, it's like when they do the slow-mo of, like, the driver hitting the golf ball and that mm-hmm. ball just collapsing in on it. It was crazy. I think it was... Probably a pretty vicious launch by Trevathan, but then again, you know, Adams got spun into him. It was just, and like you said, you're never going to be able to cut it out. It's it's part of the game, and it's just it is a brutal part of the game. I do think a two game suspension is pretty fair. Um, I don't think Goodell and the front office has gotten suspensions right at all ever, but I thought it's pretty fair. Uh, it was, yeah. He he led with the crown of his hand, clearly. I mean, he probably couldn't have helped that Adam got spun into him. But yeah. I feel like, like you said, there's legitimate argument on both sides. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with it. My unpopular opinion is if technology doesn't change and, and equipment, um, I don't know if NFL football, as we know, it'll be around in like 20 years. I mean, all these medical exams about damage to the brain and all these so on and so forth uh, things that are coming out in science and I don't know. If things don't change, I don't know if NFL will be around. I think it will be the first sport to go uh, before basketball or baseball Look, uh, looking forward in, in the future. What do you guys think? I, I want to agree with you. The NFL is such a cash cow. It's insane. Yeah. If you look at the top ten most watched sporting events last year, nine of them were NFL games. It's just it's crazy. How much money and how many many views the NFL get? Yeah. Closing thoughts, anybody? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just is what it is. Like I said, um, I don't know. You know, like part of me wants to argue. You know, this is football. Quit being a pussy and go play. But I get it. My only thing is, is how do we measure this compared to any other targeting hit? Like, just because he hit him harder, does that mean it was nastier than somebody else doing it? You know, like, just because Danny Trevathan's a harder hitter, does that mean that he's a worse person than anybody else that's done it before? That only got a yeah. one-game suspension or a half-a-game suspension if it happened in yeah, the like first me. half? Like you know, me like, trying to target you, Zach. Like, people are going to be like, oh, yeah. wow, that wasn't anything. That yeah. wasn't anything, but still, at the end of the day, it's still targeting and it's still a rule. How do we... I don't know. I don't like the judgment call on that, like where it's just, yeah. oh, that was, he hits harder, so he gets two games. I don't know. So you think it's all about intent, though? So it's like a heat of the moment, heat of the pack, you know, all this sort of record it's almost. It's definitely about intent. And what's at least one thing they are doing right is now every time they call a targeting, they stop play and they review it. And they review it, yeah. And that's good. Like they, like, even in, co- in college football yesterday, I saw three targeting penalties get overruled and taken off the board. I mean – Whereas, you know, two years ago, there was no review. The player was still ejected. And everybody was just pissed yeah. because it was a poorly written rule. Because at the end of the day, Danny Trevathan has this argument that he can just say, what am I supposed to do, let him go? What if what if Devontae Adams breaks that tackle and takes it to the house? Then he's going to get his ass benched. 
because he didn't go tackle him. That's his job. I mean, he could have executed it better, sure, but... And I know I saw some other people like complaining, like, oh, they were celebrating the guy getting hurt. I think that's a little bullshit, to be They fair. weren't out there celebrating. I think they were... I mean, they were a, flagging the mixed ass. As a football player, when you hear a sound like that and you see a big hit, the first thing you do is celebrate. It's just that it happens. Like, once the guy was down and they were putting him on the stretcher, like, everybody was on their knee, you know? Like, it's just... It's just part of the game. Like when you hit somebody hard, you get fired up. Like that's he's a middle linebacker. That's what he plays for. It's catching someone across the middle. It was just unfortunately that guy got hurt that time. Uh, and my short list for Christmas gifts is Zach Stewart and Harris McKinney lining up at the goal line and doing the drill where the offensive player uh, tries to score. Obviously, the defensive player tries to oh, keep the offensive player drill? from scoring. Yes, oh, and I like for you guys yeah. to wear the 1940 feather helmets. And really tight pants. Just go at it. I just kind of see that happen. Can we make this happen and video it and put it on our podcast uh, Twitter? God. I'm cool with it. Who wins? I would own that. I would own that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we probably uh, ran out of time here on episode two. Any just random closing remarks, any statements that needs to be made? Red Sox just lost. Really? Dalvin Cook towards ACL, I think. I think they confirmed Oh, it. for real? Yep. I saw somebody Animal. tweet about it. I don't know if that's 100% sure or not, but I did see that on Twitter. And I scored as many fancy points as Amari Cooper had so far today. <clears throat> oh, man. Actually, he's got points fixed, but still. Uh, I haven't been a really good fantasy week. I think. I mean, I think I, there's no way I'll lose. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady has thrown 260 pass attempts in a row without an interception. Solid. Wall Street, fifth all time. So. Andre Wilson from the University of Kentucky did it in like 2004 or five. Fact checking me for real. That was like 200, 300 something attempts to set the D1 record. But who's Andre Woodson? So what I'm trying to say is Harris. Who cares? Yeah, Tom Brady honestly, was Andre Woodson. They're comparable. It's a very comparable argument, man. Uh, all right, guys. I enjoyed it as always. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Crossing my fingers, hoping Mariota's okay. That's my closing statement. We'll, we'll I hope Sean's okay. I hope Jimmy Haslam keeps the Browns in Cleveland. If only. All right. Catch you next time. See you guys. Thank you.